Hello, and welcome to season four of the Fashion Law Network podcast. I'm your host, Kasia Zabroska-Trobin, a patent attorney and fashion enthusiast based in Los Angeles, California. Join me as I break down legal cases, discuss recent fashion news, and demystify patent law. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining me for Season 4, Episode 5 of the Fashion Law Network podcast. Today's episode will be all about the Balenciaga Fashion House, and I'm going to follow my usual structure that I've done with previous episodes where I discuss fashion houses, where I start with a brief history of the fashion house, then followed by a discussion of patent and trademark law, And then I'll go over a few really interesting intellectual property-based lawsuits that Balenciaga has been involved with recently. I'm sure any fashionista listening knows all about the Balenciaga Fashion House. They're really known for their streetwear and various fashion accessories, among other items. They have perfumes also, like the iconic motorcycle bag and their unique takes on sneakers, like that triple S kind of thick sole sneaker that was really big a while ago, and the socks sneaker, which they call the speed sock. Now, this speed sock has been forever memorialized in the Cardi B song, I Like It. And I like this song, so it's been on my radar. So here's a little clip of the song where she talks about her love for the quote Balenciagas that look like socks. Dollars, I like diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals. Where's my pen? I'm signing. I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks. I like going. So Balenciaga is originally a Spanish fashion house. It was founded in 1917 by. Cristobal Balenciaga, a Spanish man in San Sebastian, Spain. And Balenciaga is really known for their many collaborations. And it's really been in the recent fashion headlines lately, due in large part to their announcement just a few weeks ago, so January 2022, of the collaboration between Demna Gvasalia who is the creative director of Balenciaga right now. He's from Georgia, the country, not the state, and Kanye West. So they're collaborating together for The Gap. And according to French Vogue Online, and I'm quoting directly from this article, the new Gap collection brings together the world-famous rapper and creative director of the hottest high fashion brand on the planet right now. Demna's debut couture collection for Balenciaga last July, so 2021, was universally lauded as a triumph and for a ready-to-wear follow-up, he partnered on a mini-episode of The Simpsons, complete with a Paris red carpet premiere. Kanye, meanwhile, signed a giant 10-year deal with Gap in 2020, and though only a couple of items have been released so far, it's attracted major levels of attention. So when it first went on sale last summer, the $200 round jacket crashed Gap's website and it instantly sold out. Now there's a red one for offer at the resalergoat.com for $7,800. So obviously a very popular collection here. And by the way, if you guys get a chance, you should check out this mini episode of The Simpsons that Balenciaga partnered up with. 
It's on YouTube and it's only about 10 minutes and essentially it's the story of Homer Simpson contacting Balenciaga to request a fashion house to send them a piece of their clothing or quote piece of cloth with a tag to celebrate his wife's Marge Simpson's birthday. So then another collaboration that Balenciaga did um, was with the Simpsons after this little episode um, and that debuted in mid-October 2021 and I went online today so end of January 2022 and saw the Simpsons t-shirts on some online retailers like net-a-porter and forward.com and they're going for about seven to nine hundred dollars US and they feature the Simpsons gang wearing Balenciaga clothing. Another collaboration Balenciaga did was the famous Gucci collab, and they called this the Hacker Project, where according to Vogue Online, to mark Gucci's sanitary year, creative director of Gucci, Alessandro Michel, unveiled a collection, quote, contaminated with the hallmarks of disruptive creative director Demna Gvasalia's work. Many pieces of the collab had the names of both brands, and it set social media into a frenzy. And Vogue Online showed um, that Balenciaga inserted their capital BB logo into Gucci's famous Gigi monogram. And then they put it on lots of different bags, like totes and duffels, and some even had kind of like a graffiti-type writing on it that said, this is not a Gucci bag right on the front. Um, The collection also included kind of a cool um, sparkly skirt suit, and it was covered with strips of Balenciaga and Gucci logos. They had some blazers, and they had some outerwear decorated with the Gucci monogram on the front, and then underneath was Balenciaga's graphic font. And in going online now, I see that many of the Hacker Project items are sold out, and they say coming soon. Some items, like various puffer jackets, are available to purchase. So it seems like the collection was a success and will probably keep going. And that makes sense since both Gucci and Balenciaga are owned by the luxury conglomerate Caring. So this collab has benefits on many levels. Anyway, now let's go over the interesting history of the Balenciaga Fashion House. Then, like I said, I'm going to go over some brief patent and trademark law in relation to Balenciaga, and then I'm going to provide my legal analysis of two lawsuits. The first lawsuit will be City Merchandise Inc. versus Balenciaga, where a New York City souvenir company sued Balenciaga for copyright infringement for the design of one of their tote bags featuring the New York City skyline. And the second lawsuit I'll analyze is Car Freshener Corp. versus Balenciaga, where The car freshener company, I'm sure you guys know it, it's the one who makes those little cardboard pine tree outlined cutouts, car fresheners, they're called little tree and a lot of people have them on their um, rear view window of their car. So they sued Balenciaga for trademark infringement among a few other claims. So here we go with the history of the fashion house. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the Fashion House was founded in 1917 by Mr. Cristobal Balenciaga in San Sebastian, Spain. And according to Caring.com, Mr. Balenciaga was born in 1895 in the Basque region of Spain. 
The first Balenciaga store was opened in 1937 in Paris, and he did a presentation of his first collection, which was very successful by the press and buyers. Then in 1947, we saw the creation of the first Balenciaga perfume, which was titled Le Dix. That means 10 in French. And the fashion house now has 29 perfumes in their fragrance base. In 1952, we saw the launch of Mr. Balenciaga's really famous parachute dress. 1957, he simplified lines, which continued the fashion revolution with items such as sack dress. And according to Caring.com, 1958, we saw the creation of the baby doll dress by Balenciaga. This is one of my personal favorite dress silhouettes to this day. And in that year, he was also awarded the Legion of Honor. 1963, he created the sari dress and launched a range of boots. And he collaborated with Roger Vivier for a collection of sandals. Then in 1968, he presented his last collection and retired. And he retired in his house in Spain after 30 years of working there, and the fashion house closed. He died in 1972 in Spain, and then the house of Balenciaga just kind of lay dormant until 1986, which was when Mr. Jacques Bogart acquired the rights to Balenciaga, and he opened a new ready-to-wear line called Le D. Uh, he had a few collections designed by Michael Goma. A few other designers were kind of replaced here and there, and then the famous Nicolas Jasquier joined as the designer, and he was eventually promoted to head designer in 1997. In 2001, the Caring conglomerate acquired the Balenciaga house. And Caring, of course, is a really famous luxury goods conglomerate. They also own Gucci, Saint Laurent, Bottega Veneta, Alexander McQueen, among a few other brands. So the director or the creative director of Balenciaga in the early 2000s, Nicolas Jasquier, really turned the fashion house around he made it one of the hottest brands again. Kind of reminds me of Bottega Veneta's former creative director, Daniel Lee. He just left amid some controversy a month or two ago. And he really awoke Bottega, the fashion house, when he stepped in. It wasn't all great, though, because according to Wikipedia, rumor has it that there was some conflict within the House of Balenciaga on Jasquier's designs with the Gucci group allegedly saying that if Balenciaga didn't make any money in 2007, they would replace him. Then Jasquier's fall-winter 2005 line showed that the house was not only making money, but it was very successful and attracted lots of celebrity customers like editor-in-chief at Vogue, Anna Wintour, of course. So in following the timeline here in 2011, according to Caring.com, we see that there was a Balenciaga in Spain exhibition at the De Young Fine Art Museum of San Francisco. And there's actually a Balenciaga museum in Spain, like a permanent one. I would love to see that. Hopefully I'll get to go to Europe this summer <laughs> and maybe that will be on my stop. In 2012, 
The Balenciaga Collector of Fashions exhibit was in Paris. And big news, Alexander Wang was appointed as a creative director of the house. And then three years after that, so 2015, we have Georgian-born Demna Gvasalia, who's appointed uh, creative director of the fashion house. And he's also the co-founder of the fashion line Vetements. You guys might know that kind of streetwear brand. And Demna has been really propelling the Balenciaga line, much like what Nicholas just scared did for the brand, in my opinion. So now let's switch gears and talk about some patent and trademark law in relation to Balenciaga. And if you guys are new to patents or trademarks and haven't listened to my previous episodes, um, especially my first one where I give kind of a more thorough basic background of patent law, that's season one, episode one, you can skip over the section or I'll just give a quick definition of a patent here. So a patent is a form of intellectual property that gives its owner the legal right to exclude others from making, using, or selling an invention for a limited period of years, and that is in exchange for publishing a public disclosure of the patent. Um, Now, the crux of a patent are the claims within the patent, and they kind of define in technical terms the scope of the protection that's conferred by the patent. So basically, the claims define what subject matter is protected by the patent, and there are three types of patents. There's a utility patent, which protects the way something works, and those in the U.S. are generally valid from 20 years from the patent priority date. Then we have a design patent, which are pretty popular within the fashion world and they protect the ornamental nature of the item only and then we have a plant patent which doesn't really come up in the fashion context at all Um, so when looking up the balenciaga patents on the united states patent and trademark office database i found that the fashion house owns over 30 patents all of them are design patents So those only protect the ornamental nature of their invention or design product. The latest patent they had granted is titled Track Shoe, and that was granted on February 2nd, 2021. And they filed that patent application back in September of 2018. So it took almost three years to get granted. And now let's go over some trademark law. So a trademark is a symbol, word, or words legally registered or established by use as representing a company or product. And there are two types of trademarks. You have a word or a character mark and a logo mark. So word marks protect the actual word or like the brand name of a company or product. So here, Balenciaga, the actual word. And then the other type of trademark is a logo. So the specific way, for example, that Balenciaga types their fancy B that they sometimes use or that um, double capital B logo that they also sometimes use. And in looking up some of Balenciaga's trademarks on the USPTO database, they have many, I see that they recently filed a trademark under the Balenciaga name for protective masks respiratory masks so they're obviously getting into the ever popular covid mask game just like many other luxury fashion houses and they filed for this trademark in march of 2021 and going under the kind of docket history for this trademark it's interesting the mark has not yet been registered because they got an office action from the trademark examiner 
examiner, which stated that the wording of their class is not definite. So they usually give an option that the applicant can adopt, so that's not too hard to overcome. But then the trademark examiner says that there's no email associated with the application, which is required. So that's interesting. And then the big one is that they don't have a United States attorney appointed. So it looks like a foreign domicile person filed this trademark application. And this is really interesting because it um, hits on a new rule here in the U.S. This was made effective on August 3rd, 2019, where the United States Patent and Trademark Office now requires foreign applicants, registrants, or parties to a trademark proceeding to be represented by a United States attorney. So essentially, all foreign trademark applicants must hire U.S. attorneys. Kind of a big rule that maybe not everybody knows about in Europe. Okay, so now let's go over two really interesting, somewhat similar yet different <laughs> uh, lawsuits. So one is for copyright infringement and the other is for trademark infringement that Balenciaga was involved in, both as a defendant. So the first case was filed back in 2018 and it concerned a Balenciaga bag, kind of like a tote bag and a little purse pouch, which had an image of the New York City skyline, which was allegedly copied from a souvenir store design. The case is titled City Merchandise Inc. versus Balenciaga. So back in 2014-15, Balenciaga showed this pink tote bag with a skyline, kind of like an airbrush drawing of the New York City skyline on the front of this bag. And it went for $1,950. And in my opinion, it looked an awful lot like those souvenir totes that you can find in most of New York City's kind of touristy areas and gift shops. And they typically retail for around $20. So the souvenir company that makes these um, tote bags with the skyline is City Merchandise Inc. And this is a company that has been in operation for more than 30 years. And in pulling up the complaint that City Merchandise filed for copyright infringement, among a few other allegations against Balenciaga in 2018, uh, they allege that the total concept and feel between their designs and Balenciaga's are identical. And the complaint goes on to state that City Merchandise has applied for and obtained from the U.S. Copyright Office a copyright registration for the design. And then they give the effective date of registration for the copyright. So that's all kind of included in this. I think the complaint is about 15, 16 pages. So then a few months later, I see here in the docket history, we have an answer to the complaint from Balenciaga. And they give various defenses, some of which include defendants. So Balenciaga has not infringed, does not infringe, and is not liable for infringement of any valid registered copyright owned by plaintiff, including without limitation the copyright asserted in the complaint. Their second defense, now this is interesting, um, they say that plaintiff's claim is li a limitation to copyright um, to the extent that it claims rights to elements of works that are sent a fair, which means seen to be done in French. So they're not original scenes or are otherwise not protectable by the copyright asserted in the complaint. So a sent a fair is a scene in a book or film which is almost obligatory 
to be in the book or film for that genre. And in the U.S., it also refers to a principle in copyright law, which certain elements of creative works are held to be not protected when they are customary or mandated to that genre. So there are sometimes specific conditions when there's no other way to present an idea, but you have to use these certain fixed elements. And then those elements are identified by the term sin affair. So Balenciaga alleges that plaintiff's copyright is invalid and or unenforceable, basically. And then city merchandise replies and they try to get a preliminary injunction and an order of seizure against Balenciaga and try to differentiate their design of the New York City skyline skyline that they used on their bags by alleging, and I'm quoting here, more specifically, the design features the New York City skyline. So this is how city merchandise is describing their skyline design. It's viewed from an elevated up close and direct vantage point that encompasses a collage of five well-known New York City landmarks, Empire State Building, Freedom Tower, a few others and they are prominently placed in the forefront. Then it says that the buildings are interspersed therein, and it features a airbrushed hot pink sky accented with white clouds, i.e. the areas that are intentionally not airbrushed are in hot pink. So here they're just trying to distinguish themselves from the Sun Affair bar to a copyright. And then they say that the letters opulently glisten and proudly boast New York City. City Merchandise goes on to allege that City Merchandise is not attempting to claim exclusive rights of the New York City skyline, nor in other well-known features that are often depicted in New York City-themed merchandise. Simply put, what they're claiming is protection of its expression of the New York City skyline that is embodied in its copyrighted design. In the unique and original style of that expression, with the fanciful schemes, arrangements, depictions, and coordination of the well-known landmarks and attractions. So then a few months later, Balenciaga files their reply to that, and they allege that, among lots of points in the 26-page document, they that they quote, city merchandise cannot demonstrate a likelihood of success on the merits, either because Balenciaga has substantial defenses to infringement, and plaintiff's supposedly original design is, even as plaintiff itself admits, simply a collage of some of the most well-known landmarks in the New York City skyline, which are unprotectable under copyright law. Balenciaga has arranged these unprotectable elements differently. To the extent that there's some similarity, that similarity arises from the fact that both are done in a style that has long been associated with hot rods, graffiti art, and hip-hop, a style that is not original to plaintiff, and that the doctrine of fair use also protects the Balenciaga products. So then after a few more back-and-forth attempts, we see in December of 2018 that both City Merchandise and Balenciaga agreed to settle this legal dispute outside a court, and it was dismissed with prejudice. So that means that City Merchandise can't file any lawsuits against Balenciaga for the same issue again. So we can only speculate what they kind of agreed to in the settlement because they are confidential. So perhaps this is me just totally speculating, guessing. I don't know any facts on this, but um, maybe Balenciaga did have to pay them 
some sort of fee. Um, maybe they stopped selling the merchandise because when I went online, I only see it on like the real, real um, used from the 2014-15 collection. So I don't think it's still being sold. So now that we have the background of that lawsuit with the souvenir company, let's go over a kind of similar lawsuit which came a few months later against Balenciaga. This case is titled Car Freshener Corporation versus Balenciaga, and it involves the design of that famous little cardboard cutout of a pine tree air freshener that some people have in their cars, usually on that rear view mirror. And they're basically an outline of a pine tree or like a Christmas tree. And they say little trees in the center in a rectangular box. And Balenciaga started selling leather keychains. They called them key rings. And they were in the shape of a pine tree outline. And they had Balenciaga written in the center in all capital letters of these tree keychains. So in October of 2018, we see that the car freshener company filed a complaint against Balenciaga for trademark infringement, false designation of origin, trademark dilution, and unfair competition and corresponding state law. So this was not a very good fall of 2018 for Balenciaga, lawsuit-wise at least. So in reading the complaint, the car freshener company alleges that the tree design marks are very famous and especially with their logo little trees air fresheners and then they show examples and then they state that their rights in the tree design marks date back to at least 1952. Plaintiffs use the tree design marks in a lot of different fashions such as advertising and promotions for their products websites the tree design marks are in short the essence of plaintiff's brand and then they go over the various federal trademark registrations that they own for the tree design marks that cover a variety of goods like air fresheners shirts hats pens stickers and luggage tags so in the complaint they pretty much set the stage for their company and how famous their marks and logos are and the complaint goes on to allege that plaintiffs recently discovered that Balenciaga, without authorization from plaintiffs, is offering for sale and sold leather key rings that are deliberately designed to replicate plaintiffs' tree design marks and the Little Trees air fresheners. These key rings are being sold for $275. The complaint goes on to allege that the contours of this particular iteration of the Keychains track exactly the same shape and dimensions of a genuine Little Trees air freshener. So then Balenciaga responds by denying pretty much all the claims, and they allege that the car freshener company actually lacks any trade dress rights because the tree-shaped air freshener design is functional, which among other things describes the utilitarian purposes of the tree shape of plaintiff's product. So Balenciaga's attorney then kind of talks about a now expired 1962 utility patent that was owned by Car Freshener as proof that the tree shape is in fact useful, which may act as a bar to trademark registration. And then of course, in the usual fashion, 
In March of 2019, the car freshener company moved to put an end to this lawsuit and Balenciaga and car freshener voluntarily dismissed their claims. And it looks like they settled in mediation. So again, we're not going to know exactly what the terms are of their settlement. But we can speculate as to what it contained. Perhaps Balenciaga had to pay the car freshener company some of their profits from the key rings. Or maybe they came to some sort of licensing agreement between the two companies. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Truly appreciate all my listeners in over 30 countries now. Amazing. And please stay tuned in February for episode six of the Fashion Law Network podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye.